Welcome to the ECG Podcast, a show where some East Coast buddies who have never met in person gather remotely once a week to hang out and talk about our love of video games and other shared interests. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman from Jacksonville, Florida, joined this evening by Mr. George Arevalo from Miami, Florida. What up, what up? Zach Cassell from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Brady's got seven rings. What's up? We have Adam Gumbert from Lexington, Kentucky. Howdy, y'all. And a very special guest this evening. We have Erica from Ottawa, Canada. Um, I have a clever catchphrase, too. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Erica. It's good to have you. Uh, you are our second Canadian guest, I believe, um, in the history of the show. And I believe you are setting a precedent. You are our first woman guest of the uh, show. Yay. Hopefully not the last. You know, we've been trying to, better not be. to have more guests and, uh, you know, some more diverse voices. So it's so good to have you. Better be good, Erica. That's all I got to say. Hey, hey, <laughs> look. I have my own opinions of games. I don't do games as a podcast. So you know what? You got a casual bitch ass voice here to defend casual gamers, I guess. Hey, by the way, I'm being mean to Erica because we do the D&D podcast together. I'm not just being yeah, randomly oh, mean to this oh, no, no, person. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hopefully our audience How dare you? knows you well enough to know that you would never be, uh, you know, intentionally mean to somebody unless it's Zach. Uh, on today's show, we are going to discuss the end of an era. What will Zach Cassell play now that Anthem is no more? Probably Anthem still because the servers will be on for a while, but officially announced this week, Anthem is uh, no longer to be updated. Anthem Next dead. We're also going to be doing a longer segment on some games that are uh, either obscure or games that very few people have played. So we're each going to bring a few selections to the table and talk about some weird ass games that very few people have played. And then we'll probably round out the show with a little bit of talk of Sony State of Play, which uh, just aired as we're recording this about an hour and a half ago. Uh, some updates on some projects, no earth shattering news, but uh, some cool sneak peek uh, peeks at upcoming games for this year. So let's dive right into it. Pour one out for Anthem. Anthem, no more. Um, not the most surprising news. Uh, there have been some rumblings about uh, some, some meetings happening in the last couple of weeks of EA deciding the fate of Anthem uh, with no major updates really happen. What, Zach, you probably know a little bit more than I do in at least 12 to 18 months, would you say? Like since the last... Yeah, they they were doing like periodic little updates pretty much just like for the fans, like um, through blog posts and stuff like that. And uh, supposedly it, it was, you know, being well received the changes that were being made, but uh, I guess, you know, just the overall, I guess, idea of rebooting that versus seeing what happened to it and seeing what you don't want to happen to your flagship franchises with mass effect and dragon age. So as much um, as we tease you, I really wanted this to be a no man's sky. Like if I'm being yeah, honest, me too. the I gameplay to was top notch. Like they, that's what they nailed, right? They nailed the Same. gameplay aspect. It's the of it, only so. thing they nailed. Yeah. <laughs> the the con yeah content wise and all that. It was just, it was, it was, it was bad. And I'm, I'm just hoping that, yeah, they can maybe, you know, take those, the systems of Anthem somehow and implement them into another game. Like, because that, that, that gameplay that that loop and all that it's like it's, it's just too good to just let die like that right like it's put, put it into an iron man game do something right like yeah. it's it was too much fun to just throw away in that aspect yeah dude i mean i yeah i think i think they took too long to figure out what to do with it you know i don't think if they could have any anything substantial within the first year like i think it was already it was dead and then yeah them struggling with some of their other games too like this one, it had to go. Like for me, it's disappointing. I, mean, I don't take any joy in seeing a game fail, but I, I can't recall like a major title um, getting nailing one aspect like so good. Like the gameplay on that, like the shooting, the actual gameplay was so good. And then everything else being among the worst I've ever seen for that genre. Like I, I, that's, that's crazy to me because that gameplay was fun. 
but man, like there's no depth to it. You had like two guns and uh, you know, you had several guns, but they were all like the same model. They looked exactly the same. Yeah. The customization, like, the, was, bad. The customization was pathetic. Um, and you know, the end game was non-existent. Like there was no incentive to do it. And every, everything like, you know, this is a tough one to, to get right, but like their version of increased difficulty is more HP, you know, oh, like the worst. So it's just, you know, I'm glad they're not going to waste any more time and resources on it. They, they failed. Um, and this is obviously a really bad look for them. So I hope they, they, they really take this and, and, and learn from this experience and hopefully deliver uh, better quality games in the future, because this is a big one. This, this is not expected to go like this. So, so how much hope do you guys to on topic off topic have for Dragon Age Four, considering we're coming off of Andromeda and then Anthem, or vice versa, well, whatever order that well, came out? I, I'm not a, I'm not an Andromeda hater. Is it as good as the other games in the series? No, but I think it was good enough for me. You know, like I have a, I don't know. I feel like my standards have lowered. Like I just want to enjoy that. I, I love that series so much that I will put up with some 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 weak shit if I could just get more of it. You know, kind of like Star Wars for me. So my hopes for for Dragon Age are still pretty high, um, because I feel like I feel like, I feel like the awesome. yeah I feel like their floor is high. Like I think they're going to deliver a game that I will at least enjoy. Are they going to deliver? Am I expecting them to deliver the best game in the series? Nope, I am not. Um, but I, I am expecting them to deliver a game that I will enjoy. Um, See, I'm, and to I'm, be no, yeah, ahead, last, ahead, last thing to be fair, Dra- Dragon Age has always been like a solid game. I don't think that game's ever any of any of the games in that series have ever been like had any serious contention for like a game of the year or an all time great. They're all very solid games. Inquisition won IGN's game won. of the year. It did. Well, game of the year. It won yeah. video game awards. It game did. of the year. It won oh shit! What fuck do I know? I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. It, I don't think. It, I don't think Inquisition is even the best one in the series. But, I agree. Um, Origins all the way. But anyway. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, but yeah, like, you know, I'm expecting a quality, decent game that I will enjoy. I will be, I will be pleasantly surprised if it's anything more than that, for sure. Well, the news today is awesome that it's going to be strictly single player. They are stripping it of whatever service features that were going to be in it. Like, that is such good news to hear. But that also makes me wonder, like, they teased this game, what, two or three years ago? At least. I'll look it up while you're... Um, so, so like how much how much of a games of a service was it already and now how like how deep are they into that before they have to pivot you know so it, it's uh i'm kind of that's like not that it worries me but it's just it bums me out because that just probably means the game's further out than we thought my thing with dragon age 4 is i feel like it's gonna be good because again inquisition did great that team's been working on that game for a while and they know after the last two that they got to do good at it. Like, I, I, I'm i not worried about it because I haven't had a dra- bad Dragon Age game ever. And the service stuff, I mean, there was multiplayer in Inquisition where it was similar to that Mass Effect multiplayer. So maybe that's all that they were working on. They're like, forget that. So if if that's the live service part of it and they cut that out, what that means nothing. That's not a big deal. Yeah, I hope I'm, that's the case because, man, like I, I've only played, I played the first Dragon Age, never played to beat Inquisition. And, uh, you know, coming off Inquisition, I, I, I'm super pumped for this next one. And you said, George, you're not expecting their best game. But even though I didn't play Origins, I am expecting the best Dragon Age game simply because of the pressure that's on them. They know that they have to create something absolutely incredible. So I'm fully expecting this game right. to come out and just be the best Dragon Age. And I don't want to say the next Mass Effect will be the, the best one, but like it's going to be... S- such a uh step up from andromeda that you know it's going to be considered in- incredible i i will say that well hey i love know, andromeda though be be hopeful but i i will say that i do think that they're going to give it everything they have whether that's going to result in an all-time great or the greatest game in the series i don't know but i do think they're going to give it everything they have they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be all hands on deck it's gonna be their best effort will that you know result in in a, in a great game an epic game i don't know we'll see but i do think that they i think they realize they need to hit a home run they can't they can't afford another flop or a subpar or average game even that they need to hit a very pretty good game i mean to be fair they said the same thing about um them having to do that with anthem 
Yeah. But for real here this we time. Are. But, but for real, all right. We had a one, well, we get one mulligan, only one. So two two things I will add is like usually when a game loses a feature, like I think it's better to pivot away from a games as a service than to try to go from like a game that started off as single player. Like when you're the scope shrinks, that's usually a good and thing. <clears throat> like like feature creep is a real blight for game developers where you keep adding things and you keep adding things and you keep adding things as the game gets further in development. It, can, it has resulted in some famous disasters in game development. Uh, the other thing I'll say is I'm, I'm hoping that uh, behind the the scenes bioware's allowed a little bit more creative and uh business freedom i guess like i know ea is the publisher but i really hope um that they're allowed to turn this into a passion pro project with little to no interference from ea and it's not that i'm placing all the blame on ea to be clear like they they own plenty of the responsibility for the failed projects but you've seen a lot of talent flee Bioware in the last like year and a half, which is usually not indicative of a healthy work environment, right? People are, if they're happy, they wouldn't be going elsewhere. So um, EA needs to do it the the take two way that they do with Rockstar. Just give them, just be the like, <laughs> maybe not even that, just the amount of time, right? Just be like, take all the time you need because we know that if you do that and you, you pour everything you have into this, we we've seen what you can put out. Like we know the quality of games you're capable of, but it's when you, you start shooing in all these other things, starting with mass effect three, it started to be, you know, yeah. microtransactions and all that. So it's just not EA's business model. You know, it's not to like to get down and criticize EA any further. Like, yeah, people are always giving them shit. And yeah, I, I agree. Some, some of the things that they do, I, I despise, but they're also behind some of the best things that are out there as well. So you got to give them credit when it's, oh, when for it's sure. due. But their but their business model is not to take your time. They need they 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 volume, you know. <laughs> Look at Madden, FIFA, all those games. They just need to put out content that they know is gonna sell. So I, I can't, you know, I, I can't see them like I mean they they might be a little bit more careful now after after Anthem was a was a big failure, but um, you know, they're not going to give the endless I feel. Yeah, true. And, but they're not going to give like endless time. You know, they are going to, they're still going to have a, a, you know, a big foot, I guess, in the door uh, for any decisions and they're going to be pushy. Um, but still, you know, that doesn't take away any blame from Bioware, the people actually putting out the work because you're still, hey, that's, that's your job, man. I can't, like in any other job, I can't blame everybody else when I, something that I, that I have a hand in doesn't come out well. We all share in that blame. So we all have to do a better job. So. And I'll do respect to, to Bioware, but um, they're not Rockstar, you know, like the reason Rockstar can put out a game like Red Dead Redemption 2 that was divisive is that a, it still makes truckloads of money. And more importantly, you make something like Grand Theft Auto 5, which had its best selling year in 2020. And it's the most successful entertainment. When you bring that kind of uh, heat and, and prestige to the to the table, you can do you have a lot more freedom and you can pretty much do whatever you want, like the your publisher is not going to have a whole lot to say about what you're doing because you you have a good track record and i think bioware it does not have that track record especially recently um so i mean they definitely all, have the track the record they've just muddied there you know they've yeah. just they've they've I mean, they put them they've put out as much garbage as they have good games at this point yeah. That's, that's garbage might be a little reductive but not, not garbage <laughs> but they put out as much questionable stuff like they were on a tear and then yeah. i think it began with the, how they handled the ending of mass effect 3 and the response to that i think that's where it began where they started caving to pressure and then little by little over the years more and more stuff have has affected them hey that gave us one of the best dlc pieces ever it's true citadel is one of the best dlcs I, I hated I hated the Mass Effect three ending, but I, I didn't agree with what they what they did, which is basically I thought it set a shitty precedent that they're just gonna like oh well, fine we'll do over you know but Erica were you uh, starting to say something I'm... oh just a snarky comment of like um they have um a, a good nature the same way that like an old man does where it's like you did a lot of good things in the past old man maybe it's time to go to bed <laughs> That's how it kind of sounds. <laughs> Hopefully not. I mean, I would Hopefully like to. Not, yeah. I would like to see them be reinvigorated. You know, um, it's it's hard. You know, game development is 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 a tough racket. It's high risk, 
uh, low reward most of the time. And, you know, with the increasing cost to, to make games and the scope and scale, like it's, um, I, I don't envy being a triple A publisher or, or developer, like certainly like there's, there's just a lot of risk that you have to take. And when something doesn't pan out, you're out a lot of time and money, you know, three, four, three is literally shitting their pants right now. Just hoping and praying that Halo does not end up like Cyberpunk. Those trailers, they, man, did not they, uh, don't know a lot about it, but those did not look great. They um they can't possibly fuck up the the remaster, right? Like, right? Yeah, it's gonna be good, right? Like, the Mass Effect. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you're talking about Mass Effect. Them. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm just. Yeah. Well, that's a different. That's a, that's a different developer altogether. There's another studio that's handling that, so it's not even Bioware that's handling the remaster. Really? Correct. Well, yeah, that's okay. that's outsourced. So, I mean, technically, like you would hope not, but like they could. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> everything we've seen, I like. I I feel like it looks great. I can't wait. I'm gonna play my first uh, FemShep like playthrough, so I'm excited about that. How would you I do dig- that? What's that? Why would you play FemShep? You play yourself, Garrus. Because oh yeah, I, you're right. Never mind, I'm wrong. <laughs> I've I've Point. only uh, I've only ever played as male, sh- and like I want to like I know is it Jennifer Hale? Is she the yeah Jennifer yeah. Yeah. yeah like I I've heard nothing but great things about her performance, and you know I want to want to experience something a little different. You know if I'm I'm coming to it with uh with new eyes in terms of graphics and textures and all that stuff, like why not just go full tilt and yeah, no, it's just a silly Adam thing. Like every character from Bioware game is just a black dude with dreads. Oh, <laughs> hey man, you do you. That's why you know RPGs are. Me are too, great. man. I well, no, I'm not a black dude with dreads, but I, I also like <laughs> place myself in the character's shoes. So I'm always yeah, trying too. to do. I'm, I can't do the bad guy thing. I want. I'm gonna try this time, but I. I oh can't. man, you've never been renegade. It's so I you never punched man. a reporter in the face, oh, dude. I had. A, I w- that was the one time where I was really. I think I did still punch the reporter, but everything else was good. Just because I the yeah. This well, is I don't a fake know, I think person, that, I, but I feel bad about it. Yeah, I think, but I think that part got is getting taken out, right? No, I don't. Think Isn't so. that one Everything of the parts? I don't know. I know they're removing some stuff to the be booty, more... the booty, the gratuitous booty shots. Yeah, I they're know. just changing the shots, but the butt's still there. Yeah. Mm. So, I, are you guys going to treat this like your actual Mass Effect playthrough, or is this just going to be like another run for you, right? Like, because like my original save files, like of Mass Effect, like that's my run right there, right? Like, I, I had two characters. I had a renegade uh, shepherd that looked like uh, Ivan Drago from uh, Rocky. And then I had with all the red cracks in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I did. I did not get that fixed. I know they had a little thing in the the uh, ship. I was like, no, no, no. I've earned nah, hell this. no. I wanted to look as menacing as possible. Hell yeah. Uh, and then I had my like ultra good uh, Paragon um, character as well. So um, the interesting thing that happened was I fucked up the ending of two, like on my Paragon character, didn't realize I was picking the Renegade ending. So when I went through with my Renegade character, I picked the Paragon ending and I had them swap roles in the third game. So it was a fall from grace and it was a redemption story for <laughs> each of those characters, which was fun. It was a fun way to play the the game, you know, to see like those characters kind of change and how the like in my mind, it was like. You know, they're one one's cracking and one's kind of rising to the occasion and, and become a changed person. So I'm anyway. I'm excited because it's for, for for Mass Effect Two is like probably my favorite video game ever. And even so, I've only played through the Mass Effect games one time. So this will be literally the first time. Whoa, the second time, sorry, um, that I played through it. So we'll see. You too, Adam. Is that what you said? It was you. This will be your yeah. I think time? I played one twice back in the day. But as far as a whole trilogy, I only have one save file for the whole trilogy. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what I'll do with FemShep. I, I haven't decided yet. Uh, moving on, let's get to the meat and potatoes. So let's talk some weird, underplayed, obscure, or maybe just not well-liked games that you have played. We'll, we'll go one at a time and uh, up to three games, you know, we'll say. You don't have to do three games by uh, by any stretch. Since you're on a little bit of a time crunch, George, uh, like, I don't know if you brought anything to the table. I can start with you if you want to go first. And then I'm just going to move clockwise around what my Zoom screen is showing. So, Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a, I've got a couple that I thought of like last minute because I, I didn't think I'd, I'd be able to make it. Um, so I've got just two. And I'm, if I think of a third one, I'll, I'll throw it out there. These are both like N64 games. I don't know how obscure they are, but they probably – you guys, it might not ring a bell until you look it up a little bit. But – I when I played N64 when it came out when I was a kid like I love 
co-op games, anything where I could play me and my buddies and play together, right? Instead of against each other, I love, especially if you didn't have to split screen. Um, so there were these two games um, that I loved where that was basic, more or less the case. The first one is Fighting Force 64, um, which is basically you're, it's, you're up to four dudes and you just run around like punches stuff. Think like, um, like, I don't know, like a bro version of Gauntlet Legends, like those arcade games, you know, like, or, or Turtles in Time. You're just going around punching people and stuff. Okay, and so beat them up. up. Yeah, basically. Um, listen, if you go and you look up the, 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 the cover, it is exact, like, you know, like it's, it's literally body four 64. I think I might um, edit in, uh, some, some covers for all these games now. Uh, now that yeah, you said that. You, you gotta do it. it. It's crazy. Just basically walking around shopping malls or whatever. There's an objective. I don't remember, but you just punching people, beating them up. Um, so that was, a, that was a lot of fun to be able to play with friends um you know i had no real objective but it, it, it was fun anytime you get four friends and you're like 10 12 years old you know like it's, it's a blast you know what's crazy um, george i played this game at my cousin's house <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, you know PlayStation, like, no. yeah yeah i think it, it even had some sequels and stuff but i just only remember the 64 version and then the other game that was a, a little weird and, and also it had a little bit of this but I, I think it was only up to two players or maybe it was more. It was I don't know if you guys played Jet Force Gemini. It's actually a pretty good game, um, but I don't know like how popular it was. You know, um, there was like that third person shooter, like very like like Pikmin style graphics. You know, like um, and that one was all, I think it was their third person shooter, and you could also play, it was cooperative without split screen. Uh, I remember playing that, even though I can't recall the objective or purposes of the game. I just can't get out of my head how much fun we just had, just like shooting little random things in there yeah, the name is super familiar i i'm looking at it now on google nothing is familiar about how it looks but the name <laughs> for some reason it's just like yeah jet force gemini i remember i remember that i I, like, I, I think it was reviewed pretty highly too like it was a good game like it wasn't like just it isn't the fighting for 64 but it was like, yeah it's in the rare replay for anyone who has an xbox or pc it's uh, cool there you go you can, re you can relive your uh some nostalgia there george to hop on that a hot second, I did have um, uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy on my list of obscure games, so here we are. <laughs> oh, awesome. I love those arcade games. So good. Oh, they were so much fun. And then you could play them at home, and it was oh, it was so good. Yeah. I would every time when we were my, me and my cousins were little, we would go up to Disney, and that was in one of the arcades at, at one of the like the campground places that you could that you could rent. And we would be there every day just playing, you know, 25 cents, 25 cents, 25 cents. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So much fun. I think I played it actually on GameCube before I played it in arcade. Just happened mm -hmm. to, like, find a, a, a box of it. I don't even know where we were. But, yeah, no. So, so much fun. So good. Fantastic. All right. Uh, so, Zach, I'm going to move on to, to you next. Give me a give me a game or two or three that's uh, either obscure or you feel like you're one of the few people that uh, like like it. Yeah, so one of them is my background here, right behind me. Evolve. Um, I should have said Anthem, dude. No, get out of here with that. We already talked about it. All right, I'm trying to let it die. Evolve, right? Probably, in my opinion, the best multiplayer game we got last generation uh it's, it's it's we've said it before it, it's a shame what happened to to, to that game it, it the fact that it got as ripped apart from microtransactions as it did and then like look at games today it's in, incredible um another one enslaved odyssey to the west the game that you guys i had for 21 questions that you guys had no idea uh that game's awesome uh single player story driven action adventure game uh, you play as a dude called Monkey, and you have to get a girl who has put a mind control headband on you, pretty much. And you have to get her home. And once you get her home, she'll take the band off your head. And, uh, and you know, it's all about their journey and everything. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. a plot of Tangled. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> another one, Spider-Man Spider Shattered Dimensions. Uh, hey, that's a great game. Yeah, but I, I feel like whenever I bring up Spider-Man games, nobody nobody ever talks about it. And it's I played just, one and two. That, those are the only two. But I heard Shattered Dimensions. I Shattered feel like was good. awesome. It is such a good game. 
Is that it's, the one with the really good like narrator who like describes all of your abilities? There was one Spider-Man game that had that. Well, it, I I don't I don't, I don't remember, remember if they do that, but you you jump between I think four different Spider-Man in, in different universes. There's Noir, Ultimate Spider-Man, I think Amazing Spider-Man, and Spider-Man 2099. I think. Really they all have the different voice actors. Like I think is Neil yeah. Patrick Harris one of them? I think. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. He was. It had like the comic book ish looking graphics, like like Borderlands. Each, type each thing. game looked yeah. different. That's what was yeah. awesome about it. Like each universe. When you went to the noir one, it was all black and white. You went to the the um, ultimate one, it looked more comic booky. Um, it, it was it was super cool, and you know, I don't think we'll ever see another Spider Man game like that because I think everybody just wants to web sling and sling around and do all that. But yeah, man, that was a really I feel like slept on uh, game that was so much fun i do need to ask you about your hot take so you're saying evolve is the best multiplayer of the xbox one ps4 generation is that what you said uh yeah if if anything i'll say it's t- top three you gotta tell me why though you got you got i need any i need some explanation i never played evolve so i need to know why so uh i played i played the game competitively in like getting a good team of four people together to hunt a monster that knows what they're doing, right? Is the most like exhilarating experience you'll have playing a game. You're literally hunting a monster as he's going around the map, eating, eating wildlife in order to power up. And, you know, you have to try and stop him before he gets too powerful because once he gets to stage three, he can destroy your uh, your your transport ship and make it so you can't escape. So he has two ways of winning. He can kill all the people or get to level three and destroy the, the ship. And does, it, does it have does it nail like that good balance? I feel like those games, the that one v four thing struggle with that. Like the ones that I've played anyways, it's like it's you're either it's one side's really overpowered or like you're uncoordinated. Did that no, it evolve so nail that? I, I will say that if if you're on the hunter side and like it's you and and, and three randoms like yeah a lot of the times you're going to you you you're fucked because like people like to do their own thing or think that they can kill the monster or but now that you know the game's well beyond dead but it's still servers are still up so like you can still run private games and uh, so that's basically just people who love the game. So it's like always a good game whenever you go play now. But it's... I put it in top ten. I played it, George. Uh, I think the biggest thing that killed that game was the wasn't just the microtransactions. It was microtransactions in conjunction with a very sparse launch. So it was like you're a new player that just spent. I think it launched for like forty bucks, right? It wasn't full price. I don't feel like it was like forty dollars. Uh, no, I think it, I think it was. Was it full price? Okay. So you're a new player that just purchased this game and you've got two monsters and like there's, I think, four classes, right? And uh, medic, trapper, support, and uh, assault. Yeah. There was there three was monsters like, at launch. Three. Okay. And then there was like two options per like class. And then there was like stuff that was behind a paywall that where you were like, I think there was what, four maps, three maps? Like, so it just. I think at that game, it would have been a completely different story in terms of player base had they let all the content out of the bag, like right off the rip and then like let people, you know, let it get its hooks in, let you feel like you had a little bit more of a well-rounded game and then like maybe have like DLC packs, you know, for 15 bucks or something like, uh, but it was balanced. Like, like I think if you had people that were on equal amount of time played, um, it, like it didn't feel too op they're like they they had a balance i think one like the kraken maybe like one like the first couple weeks was like super overpowered but they fixed yeah it there, there was some people who like found ways to just make because you can um like when you're leveling up you can put uh you know your points in certain uh, abilities that the monster has so you can make like um the goliath had flame breath or he could pick up and throw rocks so like you could put all your points into that but then he won't be able to do like the pounce move and the or jump move or something or whatever but yeah man it was it was just awesome like being the monster and killing an awesome team of four hunters that was you know whooping your ass and it's going down to you know you got almost no health left or being the hunter team and being able to trap and 
you know, kill a good monster is, is it was, it was so much fun. Hey, and, they're going to get the redemption, man. Back for blood. Like I cannot wait. Oh like, yeah. I mean, they're definitely going to come back because that game looks I mean, left for dead. It's literally left for dead three. So yeah. I'm, I'm so excited because they, yeah, they definitely know how to make a multiplayer game and an asymmetrical multiplayer game at that. So I, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. Co-op they need to be back in the, the game. That's the thing though. Like turtle rocks, one of those studios where, They've just put out awesome games. Evolve was a good game. It just it, it, was, it, yeah. it was shrouded in everything else. Yeah. So I I can't wait for them to their name to be back in the li- limelight again. Two right things on. about Evolve is that if that game would have came out not early in the generation, but after shit like Rainbow Six Siege and like after people figured out how to make those competitive like class based games, it probably would have done better. After it, Overwatch, Overwatch yeah. I feel like changed the game. Yeah, if it came out after Overwatch Siege and all that stuff, then they would have figured out how to do that, and the game probably would have done better. Also, today, because, you know, we have school at home or whatever, my son, after he got done with his work, he was like, hey, I want to play this game, and he had Evolve the demo uploaded. I'm like, oh, bro, don't even worry. You're not going to be able to play that, my guy. I'm sorry. (laughs) Aw, that's so sad. It, I, I I just re-downloaded it, though, because I found a Discord group that's got, like, 5,000 active people in it that, like, still play Evolve. So, That's I mean, awesome. I don't know if you guys own it or anything, but I'm sure you can find it for super dirt cheap. And I will definitely, if, if we all run it, like if it's everybody that knows each other, it's it's way, way better. It's so much fun. I'd have a couple of pints and play, play a round of Evolve. Kyle uh, and I it's, own it. It's so, so good. Yeah, especially if you're just, yeah, drinking or something, just having a good time. It's definitely a fun game. Yeah, I, I, I'm not good anymore at that game. Oh, uh, I yeah, I haven't played it in, in forever. I just re-downloaded, I haven't even touched it yet. It's been years. Well, well not years, but. Yeah, actually, maybe it has like a year and a half, two years. Sweet. Did you have any other games that you wanted to shout real quick, or is that primarily the? Uh... Nah, those three. That was pretty much it. Those are those are the, those are the big ones. Fantastic. All right, Erica, hit us up. What have you got? You oh, got no. props. You brought. I you do. Brought visual aids. I cannot wait. I went. I went digging through the uh, collection of physical games that we have, uh, and to not just take up all the time, uh, I will quickly shout out a couple games. Uh, I've got uh, Mario Dance Dance Revolution. What? I did yep. not know such a thing existed. It had a custom dance pad, and it's basically just a bunch of like Mario songs that kind of remixed to be like <laughs> dance pad songs. It was it was so much fun. It was great. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Back in the something. era of probably like Guitar Hero being really popular and things like that. Yeah. Um, for context, additionally, um, my entire like underrated no one played uh, is just the Nintendo GameCube. Everything I have in front of me, except for one, is GameCube. I feel like I'm the only person who liked it for some reason. Every time people talk about it, yeah. But like all like the media and things around it that I keep seeing are people who are like shitting on the GameCube, and I was like, yeah, but the game roster was pretty great. Um, I love the GameCube. I think it has the best Zelda game ever made. I think it's like one of the more underrated consoles after the Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I I think it's it's um catalog was super good. Uh, a lot of it was like smaller games, but again, this is also back in the day of Blockbuster where I would go to Blockbuster with my family and I would just slowly go through the entire contents of whatever they had. I played a Hello Kitty game for like three weeks once. Um, it was, it, yeah, whatever, like whatever was there, like everything was at least enjoyable to play. Um, I have Looney Tunes back in actions, <laughs> back in actions, back in action. I played that, I played it's- that. <laughs> It's like a a plot, not even a puzzle platform. It's like a platformer collect-a-thon type game of like Looney Tunes characters. And you just go around the world collecting like um, Indiana Jones style, a bunch of stuff. It was, it was great. It was a ton of fun. Is Brendan Fraser in that game? Absolutely not. (laughs) They could not afford him. Uh, Rapid Fire Warrior World. Um, 2D side scroller, platforming, whatever, whatever. Um, Weird association with a Snoop Dogg song because it was on the radio all the time. Uh, we'll skip Bomberman because Bomberman. You said Warrior World had a Snoop Dogg song in it. No, it didn't. It was around the time that uh, Pop It Like It's Hot was really popular, and oh, so I would have sure. the radio on while it was happening. So now it's one of those weird things where you associate two odd things together, and so Pop It Like It's Hot and Wario World are just the the same in my mind. Uh, it's wild. Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, minor mentions. The Star Fox games on GameCube were great. Adventure. Uh, Anyone who shit talks at Star Fox Adventure needs to go and like reevaluate their entire life. It wasn't what you wanted. I get it. I know you're coming off of Star Fox 64 or whatever. And oh no, this isn't in a plane. What's happening here? Uh, there were dinosaurs. There was a cute fox girl. Leave me alone. Get out of here. 
Um, no, a lot of fun though. I played that game a ton as a kid. Um, puzzle, platforming, et cetera, et cetera, again. Uh, what else do I have? Okay, I think that break, no wait. Yeah, okay, I have much of games. Also, oh wait, no, one more. Nancy Drew, unrelated to everything else. The Nancy Drew games on PC are phenomenal. If you want a point and click, like wow. puzzle solving mystery game, uh, there's like 60 of them and they're all great. So if you go to Walmart or Target and you go to the PC gaming section, it's all Agatha Christie and Nancy Drew games. 100%. Exactly. Pick them up. They're a ton of fun. Um, great memories on those. My my two things that I want to actually talk about in depth, those were all honorable mentions. Um, I'm holding in my hand the GameCube link cable. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was basically a peripheral like device you could use uh, that would let you plug in a, uh, a Game Boy SP or like a Game Boy Advance just into your console. And there was a bunch of games that used it, but the two games that actually mattered that used it were Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, of which I do have two copies, one of which is broken because it's ancient. And one I don't have a copy of, which is uh, The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventure. Um, Crystal Chronicles is I think one of my favorite games that you can never play because on the one hand, it's again, link cable, um, it's let's use four players to use it properly. You basically need a GameCube, four link cables, and four Game Boy Advances or Game Boy SPs. There, again, to find the amount of people in your life for most people to do that is very hard. It was not that complicated for me because myself, my mother, my sister, and my best friend all had all these things already. So it was fine for us. This was my first Final Fantasy game, Crystal Chronicles. For additional context, there's no chocobos in this game. They don't ever name drop Moogle. So me jumping into a Final Fantasy game had no idea what a chocobo was. Um, the little round things with the red like bobbles off their heads, they were called kupos. There was, it, playing one was wild, but basically it's a four person like RPG that's Final Fantasy in name only. Um, you have four races of people you who all have specialized basically race class type thing. And you just go through this world an adventure around it to collect items to bring back to your city to help protect it because you go to a tree, get some myrrh, and it helps buffer the shield around your city because there's a terrible like plague or whatever that will kill your town if you don't bring enough back. Uh, it was recently remastered, which is why I want to talk about it, for the, the Switch. And while it is the same game in concept at its core, there's a lot of things that are missing that aren't the same because there are aspects of it where it's you have your hometown um, and in the original game, all of you were from the same town. And whenever you went back home, you could visit each other's families and like talk to everybody there. But in the new game, it's all like instances. So like my town isn't your town. And uh. whenever you finish a level and you get letters from your family, because the, the Moogles would, would have letters and they would come and give them to you. Only the person who like ran the session when you're playing online, cause you can only play online in multiplayer. Um, whatever get a letter and it's just a lot of the heart of like what I loved about the game wasn't there so like the mechanics are there but ah the remake is, isn't the same if you have the chance and you played the uh, Switch version of Crystal Chronicles and you have the chance to play it somehow on an ancient Wii with the link cables and the SPs or the advances like do it it's it's a it's different enough to be wildly better and then the second game for it is linked um Four Swords Adventure which is, I think, one of the only multiplayer, proper multiplayer Zeldas. You could use it in combination with Wind Waker, but it's not the same. You're just a little tingle man running around. So Four Swords Adventure was literally a, your classic Zelda, but you played four players. And it was semi-competitive, and you'd go through the level, and weapons can only be picked up by one person. So if you got the fire rod, you could light your friends on fire, what? which was a lot of fun. It was great. <laughs> wow. Never uh, want to play that with Ryan. I recommend it. It's again, uh, I've never laughed so hard in my life, staying up till 2 a.m. with like family and friends playing this game uh, as a kid. God, it's just, again, games that people probably played because people probably played Crystal Chronicles and they probably played uh, Four Swords because it's a Zelda game, but they played it most likely single player. It's, and they're entirely different when they're multiplayer. It's, they're, they're so much fun. Um, Crystal Chronicles, unfortunately, if you try and play it in its original, it will crash on you because you it's a race against the game because it's not greatly built, I guess. Uh, never actually got super far into it. Maybe got like three or four years before the whole thing crashed, save corrupted, and you restart it. But it's so much fun. You just keep playing it over and over again. Wait, so back up a second. Like, like this is something up. that's on the, uh, like the physical, like, it's like a defect or is that software? Like... 
I don't know. It's whatever it is. Thank you for the tinfoil. Uh, whatever it is, something happens essentially, and the the game will kind of do that jerky freeze thing, and mm. then say something happened. Restart the console. You restart the console, and then your save is corrupted. Oh shit! That sucks. Happened all the time. Uh, again, never got super far into it. Even today, like trying to play it with like memory cards and on the all the traditional stuff, there comes a point where it just says mm, no, it's and you stop. We had a segment about heartbreaking saves uh, on the show one time. Is that one of your heartbreaking save stories? Is that that one of the most heartbreaking? It's one of two because when you're a kid, when your save like crashes and you restart the game, it's not a huge deal. So this was one of them. The other one was actually Wind Waker, funny enough. Not a crash, but um, my mom used to run a daycare when I was a kid. So they would constantly be playing with like the, the GameCube and stuff. Totally fine. Um, they would delete my Wind Waker save file uh, all the time. Oh, so kids. I used to be able to essentially like speed run all the way up to the end of the first temple. I could, I could probably even now, like just in my sleep, just like not even looking at the screen, most likely tell you where to go and what to do in every single room is how many times I played through that first temple. So that's, those are my two. It's Crystal Chronicles crashing and Wind Waker save deletions. <laughs> So back in the day and 64 days, um, your save file was tied to your cart. Like there wasn't memory cards for the yeah. 64. So I had a side hustle in middle school for 10 bucks. I would unlock any and all cheats that anybody wanted for golden eye. So like Ooh. you want infinite ammo, you want like the God mode, like, cause you know, you had to like beat levels in certain like, you know, uh, time frames, like on a certain difficulty for certain cheats. So I, kids would just bring their mm -hmm. cart to me and like, you know, when you're fucking 11 years old, like oh, yeah. $10 is like, hell yeah. Like, so yeah, that was, that was my little middle school, uh, side hustle for a while. <laughs> I do have one last game before we go off into the world in the, 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 the container of terrible disc management, uh, for <laughs> no one who can see it. Uh, this is an ancient, like one of those like used GameCube boxes uh, in which there is one game inside of the case proper and then four games sitting just discless and homeless just scattered about the rest of it. But uh, Gotcha Force. I don't gotcha know if anyone Force. knows what this is. Gotcha Force, nope. it's, it's basically, uh, how do I explain what this is? An arena beat em up sort of where you control a bunch of toys that are robots that you there's a whole save the world plot that doesn't really matter but all the toys will do different things so you have like a healing one and a shooting one and one's got a sword and you just go around an arena and play a giant like beat him up with boss battles and stuff like that it was a ton of fun that one didn't crash which was nice yeah i just googled that that's some fox kids saturday morning type yep. shit i've ever seen them all alive. absolutely if you combine like Yu-Gi-Oh and beyblade uh you'd have what gotcha force is it was it was so good though. I don't think we ever actually beat it because I was six and even to this day don't have great like reflexes, and so my game control is shoddy at best. But gosh, ugh, if anyone's played that game, let me know. It was so much fun. <laughs> Excellent. I have to look up Gotcha Force. Like I said, I'm gonna try to like put some at least like art like in the edit uh, on the YouTube version of this so folks oh, can no. see or maybe some screenshots. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, I'm going to go next since like on my screen, like clockwise, that's, that's where we're at. And then Adam, you get to, to close this out with your obscure picks. Oh boy. So, uh, I am, I guess I'll, I'll go like chronological like ish. Uh, so my first pick for the NES is a Capcom published game called adventures in the magic kingdom. It was a game where you were a, I think a kid. A little adventure hat on and like the overworld is like the magic kingdom like in disney world uh, and like the levels are rides so like you walk over to like big thunder mountain railroad or space mountain and each ride is a mini game and you have to beat that mini game to get a key and the goal was to collect i think six keys to beat the uh the game so you had space mountain big thunder mountain haunted mansion pirates of the caribbean and there was definitely like the race cars in Tomorrowland and something else that I'm forgetting. But um, it was pretty cool, like because it was a, a fairly accurate overworld of like what the Magic Kingdom actually looked like. Um, it was hard as fucking nails, like a lot of those NES games were. Um, but uh, surprisingly, a pretty cool game, you know, back in the day. Like I, I loved it, like uh, got to the point where I eventually uh, could beat it. And when I replayed it on a ROM, I don't know, like a decade or so ago, I definitely needed to like use like the save state feature because like I lost all those like 
old school game skills. Uh, my next uh, roughly chronological. I just want to point out real quick that yeah. <laughs> you played a video game based on the Disney parks. Yes, that is that is some licensed bullshit in 1991 <laughs> or whatever. I mean, 100. percent Also, like you know, uh, growing up. I did not live in Florida, but I lived in South Carolina, which was close enough to Florida that we would go to Disney World like most summers as like our, our vacation or a lot of summers anyway. So it had like a kind of a nostalgia, not nostalgia. That's not the right word. Uh, it had like a good association in my brain as a kid because it was like, oh, this I can go hang out like in Disney World, like, you know, just during the regular ass like school year. Um, and the attention to detail is pretty cool um as well so yeah man like yeah wild that like capcom would publish that uh they also did a, like a kart racer on playstation i think i don't know if they actually published that but there was a kart racer that was like all disney rides where it was basically like a poor man's like uh diddy kong racing or uh mario kart where like you were disney characters and uh like instead of shells you had like the little um what a chip and dale what are the acorns like that you would shoot at people and shit like that but you'd be in splash mountain and haunted mansion and all that shit and there were shortcuts and all the good stuff so my next game uh is for the snes um you're you're gonna say like is there a game by a company as big uh, as blizzard um now activision blizzard that i've never heard of and the answer is probably yes so uh released on the snes way ahead of its time there was a cover shooter called blackthorn which is a post-apocalyptic game in which like it was like a third person platformer kind of well, not third person like it was a platformer 2d platformer that was like 2.5d and you could actually go into cover so like your character would back into the shadows so you could dodge projectiles that way and then you would pop out and you would shoot at enemies and there was upgrades for your your health and your shotgun um it was super atmospheric and just way ahead of its time i mean like this is you know probably like if i had to guess like 94 95 when this came out let me look i'll google it um but i borrowed it from a friend at school had never heard of blizzard and then of course like a few years later um diablo came out and i was like oh it's the people that made blackthorn um and Man, what a what a cool game! If you ever get a chance to uh, to check it out, I highly highly recommend it. Ninety four. It is ninety four. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say. I've already have every time someone mentions a game, mentions a game, I've got it open in Google, going, "What are they talking about?" Me too. But yeah, very excellent. Um, you know, if you have a SNES uh, classic, you can, uh, you know, there's ways around like the library. I'll just put it that way. Um, so yeah, I would recommend even just be played for a couple hours. And my I'll final games, but what's that yeah i'm not saying that i'm just saying there's ways around the the built-in library that's all yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, you know if you're going to use that way make sure you own the, the game that's all i'm saying yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh final game is uh king's quest six air today gone tomorrow they always have the dumb little puns for like their their names so uh sierra uh point and click adventure game impressive as hell to me it was on the pc because there was uh full voice acting in the game so when you would approach a character and talk to them like you didn't just get text you actually had uh voice acting uh actually some decently well-known actors uh i forget his name but the the guy that played the the villain in uh hunchback of notre dame has a very deep voice like i remember he's like a guardsman uh but i loved it as a as a um you know kid because like there was mythology it had some trial and error there was save features that was a pretty novel idea to be able to like save at any point in the game and there was a, a very interesting uh point system uh when you even beat the game like like it would tell you kind of where you could have done things either more efficiently or differently and uh it made had a, a nice little bit of replayability also a very interesting anti-piracy feature uh, you needed the actual physical manual to get through a puzzle midway through the game. Like it was impossible to solve without the manual because this is like back when Prodigy, AOL, and CompuServe were like your internet providers that you had and it was dial up and there was no real way to like publish, you know, like a, a picture of like what this manual looked like. So if you had a pirated copy of the game, you're basically fucked um, when you got to that that section. So uh, yeah, really neat. Like um boss fights you know in a point and click game are not as exciting or twitchy it was more kind of like using your noggin but um i yeah i love that game i, I played other king's quest games but that one will always have a special place just because 
uh, it was the first one I beat and definitely like the voice, like having a full voice cast was just mind blowing as a, as a young gamer, um, when you're used to kind of just like, that was like as close as you would get, you know, like, so question for you about that game. I'm looking up screenshots. Yep. Why did you not mention that there apparently are multiple characters? I'm assuming with speaking roles that are dogs. I'm looking at screenshots and there are multiple portraits of dogs. All sorts of mythological creatures. So there was a fast travel system in the game. Actually, you had early on, uh, you acquire a magic lamp that would allow you to basically click on um, random islands like on the map and it would teleport you to the island. And what you are essentially doing is going from island to island, hitting a brick wall and like figuring out like what you needed to get past an obstacle. And you're kind of like Metroidvania it a little bit, like going back and forth as you pick up stuff in different sections. Like, for example, you there'd be like a, you know, a, a river that was kind of bubbling and you're like, I wonder if I can cross this. No, you like you melt in the river, like you, you know, burn to death. And like later on, you're in like a section where there's iceberg lettuce and you pick up this head of lettuce and it's like literally like a frozen like bit of like lettuce like it looks like an iceberg uh if you carry it around too much it melts in your pocket and you can go like go get more but if you chuck that into the little like river like then you can cross it right like cool stuff like that but yes there's all kinds of weird ass what's that i hate it you hate it yeah there's lots of stuff like that like there's an actual bookworm like in it like 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 nestles in um like books and shit like that it's all kinds of weird creatures and mythological stuff Uh, my favorite puzzle and then i'm going to move on to adam uh involved like you go on to like a beach on one of the islands and these uh five gents uh stroll up to you and they have exaggerated features so there's a guy with like huge hands big eyes like big ears and so obviously like it's like each one kind of embodies like a different sense and if you don't have the right items on you um to offer up to them they like literally eat you like and like that's how your your character dies you have to like collect five things to to kind of distract them there was also like a a pawn shop where you had like trade stuff uh here and there as you went through but uh weird game probably only a handful of people played it but man what a what a great one that was yeah when i did the google I put in King's Quest and it was like four, five, seven, eight. They should have skipped six is like the top searched results in Google. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that it's, uh, I know it's well liked like in the, the, you know, the King's Quest community, but it's, it's an odd place in the continuity, like for sure. Like, but uh, yeah. So Adam, uh, round us out. Give us some, some games that nobody else has played or maybe like games that only you are fond of. Hold on. Give me a second. I got to figure out what I want to do first. No worries. No worries at all. And I just start with the top of the list. So my first game is made by a very big company and that probably nobody played, but everyone who owned Xbox had for free. Uh, it's Massive Chalice. Nope. The yeah. game <laughs> made by Double Fine. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, it's a Double Fine game. They did a Kickstarter. So this was after Broken Age. Did like the biggest Kickstarter ever. Maybe it was before. It was around that same time. And they did another one. They're like, hey, we want to make XCOM. And they're like, all right. So then I think they did a Kickstarter. I don't remember exactly. But it's a double fine XCOM game set in like fantasy. So your classes are, it's like a, I forgot. It's like a person with like a big log. And that's how you hit stuff. Then you got an arrow person. You got an alchemist. You got that kind of stuff. And and again, it's XCOM combat. So, you know, grid-based, take turns or whatever. The main thing about this game is that, um, it, it takes place over 500 years and like you're the the king or whatever who doesn't die because you're in the massive chalice. The chalice talks because it's double fine and it's snarky. What? Yeah, there's a gigantic <laughs> magical wild. chalice with two people's voices in it that sit in the middle of the kingdom. Whatever. That's the narrator of the game. Uh, so they're like, hey, there's a thing happening. These, these evil, the darkness or whatever is here. Uh, we can't kill it uh, for 500 years. Uh, so survive for 500 years. And then you have a map and then you very game of thrones you make a keep in each part of the map and then you put a family member in the keep or like a couple and then they have children and it's like oh this is literally like this is house stark and then you make a banner and everything and then they have children and then you marry the children off or they become uh the characters you use and so like time goes by fast so like you have a battle and then 30 years later you'll have the next battle so it's like all right so it's been 30 years baby stark is now a 30 year old man I'm going to send him out on this mission and he'll level up or whatever, or he'll die. And then you can put 
him in different places. And then they die because again, it's 500 years. So people are constantly dying, constantly being bored, constantly marrying people to other houses. And by doing that, it'll match, uh, it'll max uh, classes. People have like positive, negative traits. Like this person is, uh, what is it called? Sterile. So it's like, don't make them the king or, or the, the head of your house because you'll literally have no more people. Or like extra fertile. Like everyone has traits and things that are positive. Extra and fertile. Yeah. Yeah. There are people like literally they, like, they have like 10 kids before they die. And there's not anybody ever in the same room with them either, which is real weird. It's crazy. It doesn't <laughs> no, but yeah, you have a king and a queen. They have their kids and everyone's got traits. And you pretty much you're playing RNG XCOM with like game of thrones houses and then you just try to survive for 500 years and uh the game is super super good uh, wow currently it is this means nothing to you americans it's 21.99 on steam right now canadian so that's like ten dollars american yeah i don't know something like that but it was free on xbox it was a games with gold game in like 2017 um and it's the double fun game no one plays but i love it because i love xcom and i'm like yo like uh, little Cynthia and George over here are going to start a new house and they're all mages. So we're going to have a good line of mages come out of that house. It's like, oh, um, mom got on a hot air balloon and rode away for 100 years and then came back. It's it's why it's double fine. It's weird. That's, it sounds like some like board like uh, remember the Oregon Trail. It's just like random shit just happens. <laughs> yep, 100 percent. It's like you're, it's like, hey, this random dude from outside of the uh, the country walls came in. He wants to take someone on a hot air balloon. It's literally one of the first things that happens. And you send them with them. Neither they never come back or they come back younger than they left and they have new technology. It's wild. That's like some Bene Gesserit shit where you have like like bloodlines and stuff. I don't know if anyone's a Dune fan, but like they they have like genetics programs and stuff like that. Where yeah, they, and every they, time someone dies, it keeps like you have your list of who was in your bloodline. Your bloodline can end just because there was nobody there. Like it's wild. Wow. It's in my uh, Steam cart right now. I like it a lot. And it's double fine and no one fucking knows what it is. Does it have that charm, that like double fine charm to it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's nice. it's whimsical and like I said, I mean like the fact that there is a literal twenty foot tall chalice in the throne room of the entire, you know, country that are like, Hey, we're gonna take care of the evil in five hundred years. Just live. And like they talk to you and each other. It's it's a good time. <laughs> All right. Can't wait out to insert some uh, some screenshots and some artwork from from that. Continue, my friend. What else we got? Next, I'm going to do one that's probably not completely unknown, but it was before they got big. So everyone knows Telltale Games made The Walking Dead and then Wolf Among Us and everything big after that. Uh, yeah, they had Jurassic Park game uh, before they got big. Uh, that is a five episode <laughs> Jurassic Park game set after the first movie. Um, and I 100% of that game. Well, it's not hard to 100% Telltale Games. Yeah, <laughs> I played the hell out of that game, loved it. I don't think anyone people were like, Remember these games they made before they got popular? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I played Jurassic Park before anyone knew who Telltale was, and that is a fun time. So, Jurassic Park is the, the game, yeah. Jurassic Park from Telltale, nice. yeah. I saw that, a full playthrough of it, I never actually played it. I remember it being advertised, like, because I think they did so, uh, Sam and Max, right? Um, and yeah, Sam Max, and then I think it was Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah. It was, then was like Jurassic a, Park. Yep, I remember like being a big deal, like lots of trailers and advertisement, like on the Xbox uh, Live, like 360 hub, like like it was like one of those things that was advertised. Um, it looked entertaining. Like you can definitely see where they're trying to like kind of nail that style, you know, like they're working it out. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's awesome. And you um, see where they're trying. It's literally like you had Jameis Winston and the next year you got Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Like this between Jurassic Park and Walking Dead, they're literally like one is like very well written and awesome. And Jurassic Park is like you didn't press X. So your dude got bit by a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, some of the uh, the the death like uh, animations and stuff like that are pretty funny. I, I think I remember like seeing somebody just get absolutely trampled like over and over again by like a triceratops or something like at one section because it was kind of frustrating and a little little janky. But R.I.P. Telltale's. Still disappointed. I never finished that Game of Thrones one, man. You can finish it now, can't you? Get still. Yeah, it's not like uh, they took no, it. No, 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 no. They didn't finish it. No, they like, finished they it. Start- yeah, it's no, done. they didn't. It, 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 the, the Game of Thrones one? No, yeah, man. There was more stuff was going to be. No, all the episodes in that season came out, but there was. Oh, they left it on big cliffhangers, massive cliffhangers. Oh, See. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, ended up. Uh, my everyone loved Telltale games, so I was like, okay, cool. I'll try a Telltale game. Um, tried playing The Walking Dead. Uh, I ended up with a uh, of some kind of visual bug or something that basically made it impossible for me to 
progress further in the story. So I spent 20 minutes letting the game tell me I can open a door. I even looked up a walkthrough saying, yeah, like go over to this car door and open it. And I went over, it didn't let me do it. And I was like, oh, cool. I don't want to play this game anymore. And then, because I, I got to the end of it and I realized I had done one of like however many episodes. And I was like, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with this. Yeah, so I just drop them immediately. Play Wolf Among Us or Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, Wolf Among Us Heard, is well, like I, one of my all-time favorites. That's yeah, so, good. so good. I think I've read the first two trades of Wolf Among Us. Yep. But yeah, I've again heard great things about them all, but it's that thing of like, because I, there's a, the same way that Bioware has like that, that like, we'll keep playing because we know you can do good things. I didn't want to keep playing Telltale because I heard the exact opposite where every game was a little bit janky. And I was like, oh, oh. they're all janky as fuck. Yeah. Even the Batman yeah, right? game that came out, which, you know, I had high hopes for like, like, all right, big budget, right? New engine. Like that's gonna like, now, nah. like it's still again, Batman's great, but it is still janky. Yeah. yeah and again i don't i don't have time i don't care i don't like if if your game is going to be janky enough like that i will just drop it there are there are so many games out now that i enjoy i will go back and play another 300 hours of overwatch before i try and jump into another telltale game because i know that overwatch will consistently have the same level of quality and i cannot count on telltale that's very valid all right Jeez. so my i had four but i'm gonna cut one of them off the one of them that i'm cutting out is saboteur which is made by a Pandemic, I believe it's the last game that they ever made. And you're an Irish dude invading, or, you know, you're a saboteur in, I think it's Paris, when the Nazis are there. Ah. It's a very cool open world game where you, it, it's very different, it's very cool, and I believe that's the last game that they made. Um, but my real one, so here's a walk. This involves multiple games that nobody played. One that no one's literally ever heard of, and the other one that you've heard of that are bad. And I loved them because I was 14, actually, no. I was in high school, so I was an adult man. Whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> the uh, I went to GameStop right one day, and I was like, I need to play a game. I got a 360. What do I want to play on it? And I was like, What's new? And I had read in Game Informer there was ads for this game. I was like, You know what? I'm going to try this one out. So I went to GameStop and I bought Hour of Victory. Everybody, please look that up. That game is rated, I believe, like a 30 on Metacritic. It is an awful absolutely trash fire um world war ii like first person shooter campaign thing it's awful it's one of the worst games ever made <laughs> so but i didn't i was like i don't know what to buy i'm gonna get I mean, that i don't know when this came out but it like it doesn't look terrible from the screenshots like when did this course i mean it came out i mean beginning 360. of 360 i oh, mean okay like yeah. literally the first mission like you you like walk down like the hallway or you know like into the open and there's like three nazis mm -hmm. and it's like Here's, yeah. here's the set piece okay yeah this looks more like an n64 game yeah it's bad uh so i was like this is trash i went to gamestop and it was new so i'm like i can't return it i'm gonna be like it's defective and he's like yeah dude i'm sure go ahead and get your full credit because he already knew it was trash and he said you can take anything from from the from the shelf because it was 60 bucks i'm like what do you suggest he's like well there's this game uh elder scrolls oblivion that's pretty good people like there's like Rainbow Six, probably a Vegas or something. You know, it was like beginning of the 360. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for this one over here. And I grabbed Transformers, the movie, the video game. <laughs> um, Actually, I have all of them. So I have played the original from the first movie and then also from the second movie, Revenge of the Fallen. And so I played. And, and again, I, I thought I was younger. Apparently, I was about 18 years old. Uh, I've played in 100%ed every Transformers movie video game. Oh. Had a good time, man. God, this look it looks like Gotcha Force, not gonna lie. Like it just based on what I'm seeing, that that awful GameCube game, this looks like a prettier version of it with less Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, as well, because after those first two, because those those first two games are based on bad movies or whatever. But then we eventually got War for Cybertron, which is actually good. Oh, so but before good. that, yeah, we had um based on the first two movies, and I played those. Yeah, they're very much just like open-ish world like driving around and then turn into a big transformer to fight other robots once in a while they're not good but it was either that or our victory and i chose transformers over our victory man or so oblivion but... i didn't want oblivion man i was like i don't want that shit <laughs> wow i'm sorry what were you saying zach i was just saying i was bummed we'll never get another fall or war for cybertron style transformers game probably those were so good <clears throat> even the multiplayer was really good no, those games were good. The ones that I 100%ed, not so much. 
<laughs> yeah, the screenshots are definitely uh, quite interesting. You got to fight Megatron. It's all good. Man, draw distances have really come a long way, huh? Anyway. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I'm going to skip over the state of play because we all seemed a little bit lukewarm anyway, talking off mic about it. Unless somebody Kena looks like, cool. A, That's about it. Kena looks really good. Yeah. Yuffie, Yuffie in a Moogle poncho. That's all. Yeah, there's the Final Fantasy VII like, uh, upgrade for PS5 with the... Uh, the, the new chapter does look cool and um i'm still on the fence about uh i always get the damn name it's not remember Return- resurgence Re- returnal, returnal. returnal. Yeah. Yeah. every time i see it i want to play oh. it less <clears throat> yeah i'm still oh, really? on the fence about that death loop looks great yeah i mean like I, I i've been sold on that for forever i mean arcane can do no wrong in my eyes so but uh that's about cool. all i got to offer question uh what the fuck is 2.9 d can I just make up a dimension now? Like, is that a thing? My game is in 3.5D. Sure. Why not? Part of 2.5, yeah. 2.5, 2.9 is interesting. It's slightly yeah. better. Oddworld is like, we're in 2.9D. And I was oh, like, yeah, I don't know what right. that Oddworld. means. What? Oddworld does weird shit like that all the time. They're like, Please we're explain. wacky. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's Whatever. never drive with me. That, that oh, Everything about that franchise. I'm always like. I hope somebody out there enjoys this skip like when I was watching the uh, state of play because I, I did not watch it live like I just right, blew right past it. I was like, cool. All right. Um, well, Erica, it's been fantastic having you on. I hope it's not the last time you're welcome back anytime that you'd oh, like well, to. Thank you. I do have another topic we can do if we want to at some yeah. other point in time. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we're always on the hunt for, for new topics and and guests. Um, you'll have to stop by sometime when we do, I have a feeling, um, you'd be a a good, uh, contributor. So we have only done it once and I've been itching to do it again, but like we, we have a segment that I call like Frankenstein video game where we each are assigned a like different role within a game development studio. And we like, you have to like whatever the person before you has set is canon right so like we it started we had a game that started off as a uh open world rpg and uh, somebody said well it has to be set in the american revolution and then somebody got to design who our character was and it got more and more absurd as you go along we also did a uh, xcom style game set in the uh who's who framed roger rabbit uh, <laughs> rabbit uh movie verse which was fantastic danny devito was your sidekick yes. yep and who was, who was the villain? It was somebody equally cool. Gary like, Busey, right? Gary, Gary Busey. Busey. Yeah, yeah. So a uh, little teaser. If you ever want to come on and do some goofy stuff like that, like I think that would be, a, you'd be a good guess for that. But um, oh, it has I, been I, nice. Absolutely. I am here to do any dumb idea because I get current games media, eh, you know, do I have opinions on video games? Absolutely. I do. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, we like to do goofy shit every once in a while because it's fun to talk news and whatnot. But uh, I always feel like there's a little more energy when we kind of go off on the tangents and and you know do goofy fun shit together. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Erica? Anything that you want to, uh, to shout out? Uh, nothing that Adam wouldn't already plug. Um, uh, I I am on two um, RPG podcasts. Uh, one of which is the Isle of Misfit Rolls, in which I play Aviana, and the other is the Raven's Roost podcast, which is a Savage Worlds um, East Texas University game. Uh, again, I, I I hope Adam's plugging them all the time. He does uh, occasionally, but yeah, I'm on I'm on both of those with him. So go go listen if you want to see you gotta me. Gotta go, guys. Yes, yeah, pleasure to hear you or to have you, George and Zach as well. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll cut. Out. Adam, do you want to plug anything, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll dip out. Yeah, I'll miss your roles in Ravens Roost uh, Radio Podcast. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, uh, everyone, please give us a like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Bye. Blown kisses. Blown kisses. <laughs>